it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. It's disturbing, says top Republican on stunning report. Hunter Biden put Joe Biden on the phone with business associates at least 24 times. This shows the president knew about his son's business deals, backing up whistleblowers, Representative Jason Smith says. A top Republican is slamming President Biden for attempting to hide his involvement with his son's business dealings following a new report. The president sat in on at least 24 calls with Hunter Biden's business partners. It's so disturbing, House Ways and Means Committee Chairman Jason Smith said on Fox and Friends Monday. What we found with the information that's come out from whistleblowers, for example, the WhatsApp message that apparently Hunter Biden was seated next to his father waiting, uh, waiting for a phone call from a Chinese foreign business partner, said, we are here looking forward to your call. It shows that, in fact, President Biden did not just know about his son's business dealings. Then he reverted in saying that he's not involved in his son's business dealings. This is like the IRS whistleblowers had, uh, highlighted, continued Smith. Last week, two IRS whistleblowers, Gary Shapley and Joseph Ziegler, gay Democrat, testified under oath that the uncovered WhatsApp messages between Hunter Biden and Chinese energy uh, official appear to be the evidence of a direct contradiction to what President Biden was saying about not being involved in Hunter's overseas business dealings. Looking at a picture of him with some of his business partners right now, they're all on the golf course looking pretty chummy. The president's son was staying at the guest house of Biden's Delaware home when he wrote to Communist Party official Henry Zhao on July 30th, 2017 on WhatsApp, threatening him to follow on his orders. Quote, I'm sitting here with my father. Okay, you all know that. Now, why am I starting with this? Because the media is jumping up and down about text messages between Mark Meadows and his son, who apparently was, you know, on the hunt for voter fraud vote for voter fraud in in Georgia. Now, the Washington Post admits that some of these text messages were jokes, but still apparently Jack Smith has gotten access to Mark Meadows devices and email accounts. And the media is saying, well, there's a trove, there's a trove of evidence in there that Trump knew that he didn't win the election and still egged on January 6th. Now it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny that uh, even the New York Times lamented that there's no insurrection charge here. Donald Trump is not being charged with insurrection. And the New York Times is worried that this is going to be another another Mueller investigation. That they had the most buttoned up of buttoned up people to run the investigation into Trump and they came up with literally nothing. So you, you can't say that text messages between Mark Meadows and his son that demonstrate that Joe Biden, that, that, that President Trump knew he had lost the election and then went out with a different public face, but then say, well, you know, Hunter Biden sitting there threatening these Chinese communist officials with the wrath of Joe Biden is something we don't concern ourselves with. Now, all this tax evasion stuff and these alleged payouts of $5 million per Biden happened while Joe Biden was the sitting vice president of the United States. That would mean the president, current president, is compromised. Now, if the Democrats are going to go around using the word insurrection and 
Not a single prosecutor is charging Trump with insurrection. Why are we talking about barring Trump from running for office based on the 14th Amendment when he's not even being charged by Jack Smith with insurrection? I think the New York Times knows the truth. I think they know that uh, it's this is all, it's kind of, uh, it's, 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 I don't want to say, no, it's sexy to them. Right? It's sexy. They're kind of turned on by this Jack Smith guy. You know, the new subway spokesman. They've convinced themselves that this dashing man, this dashing man who apparently works late into the night, lots of us do, who is, you know, early to rise and all of that, if he's got Trump in his crosshairs, it, it can't be something that's really going to amount to nothing. I mean, come on. Why would he be working so hard if he had nothing on Trump? He's got to have something on Trump. He's got to. He's Jack Smith. But this is exactly, exactly what they said about Bob Mueller. This is exactly where we were with the Mueller investigation. Remember, Mueller's coming, Mueller Day's coming. They had they had they had all of this buildup, this drama. People were literally throwing parties, serving, ironically, you know, Russian vodka. Ha ha ha. Why isn't he charging Trump with insurrection if Trump's a clear insurrectionist? The New York Times seems to be worried that this is going to be yet another dud. The Mueller report, and, and, and the funny thing is, is that Andrew Wiseman, who was really running the show, became a TV contributor for coming up with nothing. The guy came up with absolutely nothing. And now he's supposed to be, you know, touted as some sort of legal genius hero. Now that's going to bring me to the next thing. The first debate. I see the logic of Trump not showing up. Andrew, you said all along you want him to be on the debate stage. Oh, I do. I do. I actually want him at this debate. I'm not saying what I think he should do. I'm saying I see the logic of him not doing it. And it goes kind of like this. Remember when the NHL, and I don't remember what year it was. Somebody would have to remind me. When the network started cutting away from hockey fights. And people that are lifelong hockey fans were like, what the hell? I'm not watching this. They know that a percentage of people are going to watch a debate with Donald Trump because they want to see what Trump they want to see what Trump's going to do. If he doesn't show up to the first debate, the ratings are going to be in the toilet. And they know it. There's going to be a measurable percentage of people, millions of people, all of MAGA. Why are they going to watch? Even people who aren't MAGA. I guarantee you Democrats will be watching that first debate just out of curiosity. What's Trump going to say and do? If he's not there, nobody's really going to watch it. And what? It, it, nobody's going to emerge as the front runner above Trump if Trump doesn't show up to the first debate. The only thing that might happen is somewhere between Ron DeSantis, there might be a realigning in the order between Ron DeSantis, Tim Scott, and Vivek Ramaswamy. 
I don't think Christie's going to emerge as the number two guy because Christie, Christie doesn't even tell you what his policies are. Christie goes on television, mostly on the left-leaning networks, to say how much tr- he hates Trump and Trump's a liar and Trump's the worst. But it's like, well, okay, Governor Christie, what would be your plan for the border? What would be your plan for China? How would you end the Ukraine war? What would be your plan for energy? What would be your plan for health care? That's not what's happening right now. Now, kind of funny, Trump has been out there saying that he's going to go ahead with Schedule F. He's going to pare back the federal workforce, at least as it relates to the executive branch. He had a great a great uh, regu- regulatory position, which was for every one new one, you have to repeal two old ones. So Trump is out there laying out policy while Christie is just telling you how much he hates Trump. Now, I, I will tell you, for Donald Trump to truly win this election, because if he sails, this is the downside to him not going to the debate. If he's got to climb over, you know, 14 people or whatever it's going to be by the time it's all over, that's a trial by fire. Even if, you know, the fire is kind of weak. Right? So far, nobody has been able to pierce Donald Trump's poll numbers. Not DeSantis, not, you know, Haley, none of them. And I don't know what is driving some of these people. I hear some of my colleagues talking about this, and I I share the sentiment. What's with the hate for Ron DeSantis? I don't get it at all. Seriously, I don't get it. You can be the biggest Trump supporter and not hate Ron DeSantis. You should actually be saying to yourself, you know what? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. There's another America first candidate should anything go south here. But that, that, you know, that being said, Donald Trump, if he climbs over, you know, 12, 13, 14 people, whatever it is, to get the nomination, that means a plurality of people in this country already want him to be president again. There was no coronation. He had a trial by fire. He eliminated and vanquished the other campaigns, and now he's the guy. And that means Republicans getting behind the nominee. But that's what he's got to be. He's got to be the policy guy. I know, let Trump be Trump. No one's telling Trump not to be Trump. I wouldn't even waste my time telling Trump to not be Trump because it's not like he would listen to, well, anyone, no matter who's saying it. But to truly win this election, and it has to be won, and it has to be won, it can't, it, it can't, it can't be a, a sliver of electoral votes. It's got to be the hammer has to come down. Because look what we're gonna look at what this look at what any Republican I don't care if it's DeSantis I don't care who it is the Democrats are gonna are gonna throw everything every damned dirty trick is coming down the road in 2024 and I think everybody knows it every vote's gonna count every state is gonna count let me say that again every vote is gonna count and every county's gonna count and every state's gonna count. There can be no, well, Republicans don't have a chance there. Nope, you damn well would have put an effort in New Jersey and New York and California and Washington State and Oregon. Every state is going to count. 
every vote, every precinct, every county, and every return site is going to count. That means observers. And that means Republican state legislatures also, also being on guard, prepared for emergency sessions. Should the Democrats try to go to court to change election laws, you state representatives have to be ready to hold an emergency session if the courts start making laws like they did in 2020. That cannot be allowed. Wines at 695 Patriot 957-2874. And the truth is, what puts Donald Trump, honestly, in the strongest position right now, and again, I'm not endorsing anyone, is that he is the only person in the race who could compare his presidential record with what is taking place right now. That's not to say that Ron DeSantis hasn't gotten some awesome results for Florida. He has. There's no denying it. You know, most conservatives, if they had to pick any other state than the state they're living in, would probably be picking either Texas or Florida. And I'd say, I would say it's even leaning more towards Florida. I mean, Florida is red, red, red right now. But Donald Trump can stand on that stage, any stage, and in a general election stage, should he win the nomination, say, look at life in this country before the pandemic, 2018, 2019, and look at where we are today. Biden's out there bragging he created 12 and a half, 13 million jobs, ignoring that most of those jobs are people just going back to work. And when a president, any president, brags about the unemployment rate and job growth while doling out tens of billions of dollars, I'm not impressed. You know, in Cuba, everybody worked for the government. Low unemployment. Everybody had a government job. Well, they had low unemployment. Well, and they had a guarantee of universal health care. Did they actually receive any of it? Doesn't matter. They had a guarantee of universal health care. What they received for it is irrelevant. Well, we, we gave you free education. Was it a good education? So when you've got the Biden administration pouring tens of billions of dollars in debt-funded, deficit-spending, printing, and borrowing, to air fingers, quote, create jobs, that's not the free market creating those jobs. That's government work. And I'll tell you right now, before I go to break, do you want to know what would make me really rethink my vote for any one candidate? And I like what, it's kind of where Donald Trump is going. But I want to hear a candidate say, I'm putting an end to government make work. I am putting an end to government make work, meaning creating work to justify for its own sake, to employ people through government for its own sake. I will put an end to government make work. That will get me looking in your direction. Winesick 695, Patriot 957-2874. We are right. They are wrong. That's the end of the story. The arguments on this radio program cannot be broken. All right, let's see. What do we got? Uh, Matt Whitaker is going to join us in studio. Uh, go back to my guest list here. Let's see X out of this. 
Let's see, Matt Whitaker going to join me in studio, um, and then Ken Cuccinelli, top of the hour, and then Brett Tolman will join me uh, in the final segment of the program. So we're going to be heavy on Trump, Smith, DOJ stuff today. We're right, they're wrong, that's the end of the story. The arguments on this radio program cannot be broken. Serious XM Patriot. You can join me live on the Wilkow Majority, Monday to Friday, noon to 3 East, 9 to noon West, on Sirius XM Patriot, Channel 125.